To the Get Your Arthritis Blues. My name is Steve Lipman, joined as always, Dan Volpone, Drew Peltzman, with us again as always. Um, Dan, I ask you, uh, it is right before Christmas. Do you have Christmas traditions slash do you have plans this Christmas? Yeah, so Christmas Eve, we always go to, um, to my cousin's house for um, like, a, like a party um with a bunch of people obviously you know that was missed in 2020 um but luckily we will be back again because of covid why oh sure yeah <laughs> it's a party so um <laughs> but okay. yeah the um but yeah i'm looking forward to that that's always fun the birds will be on which will be nice um and then obviously christmas day um the sixers will be on at noon um we usually have brunch at like 10 30 which will roll into watching basketball all day there's also some football on on christmas which is nice although most of the games i think are christmas eve and um then christmas night uh, i go to my aunt's house and we do dinner there love it yeah Sounds how about wonderful. you are you going to are you going to the movies you know what uh yes uh <laughs> that's pretty much what we do because uh, you're half right you're yeah. half, you my dad is Catholic. Yeah. yeah um yeah i have a lot of christmas envy i think it looks great but yeah it's been hanukkah here things have been wild um for hanukkah yeah we were hanukkah people but no um, i love hanukkah i love lighting the candles yeah it just doesn't, doesn't, get, doesn't get wild for me oh it's been nuts <laughs> um but you know t- tomorrow I might go in the middle of the day by myself and see a film because I want to. And it's a movie that I don't think anybody would see with me. It's about an old man who's dying and he has a chance to realize what life's all about. It's only thing. Uh, it's one thing that I would like. I wouldn't and watch then, it if you're not in it. <laughs> right. And then there's a movie Brandon Fraser's in called The Whale that I think Gab and I are going to see on Christmas Day and have dinner. Is, that, um, is, is Gabby Jewish? um and yeah pretty cozy weekend but uh excited to sort of not have many plans and and hang out so uh love this time of year it's always very nice speaking of very nice sixers can't lose keep winning uh this week they had another three wins they beat the sort of g league golden state warriors without any of their key players uh i think who, oh no clay played and shot poorly well he's been awful he's been really he looks really bad i mean he might just put it together during the playoffs and have a run and that's all that matters but he looks like shit um but Draymond didn't play and steph is out for weeks and it looks like they just can't win a game they've let up 91 to the nets <laughs> in the first half the other day like they just look terrible then they had a solid win against a sort of like scuffling raptors team uh in overtime um and then they beat detroit pretty much wire to wire mm-hmm. um so i don't know how much we need to go into each one of these games one by one or the guys specifically there's one guy specifically that we're going to talk uh, i think a lot about 
but just overall Sixers keep winning. What is it in a row now? Seven, six, 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 um, uh, six all on this homestand. Yeah. And then all there's home, one more and on they the have homestand. One more game, which is the Clippers on Friday. Right. Um, so it's been great. They keep, they keep winning and, and they're playing well and, and seemingly, you know, the vibes seem high and they're playing together and, and it's been really good. So how do you feel? I'm feeling better. I mean, one thing I really like is, you know, the pace with which they've been getting the ball up the floor. And um, actually that's driven me crazy about the Sixers for years because, you know, back to um, back when Ben was the point guard, I felt like we were constantly getting the ball, you know, over half court with like 17 seconds left on the shot clock. Harden was doing the same thing, you know, unless there was a clear fast break to be had. Um, And they're not perfect at it yet, but, you know, Doc has has made a point of it. And you can tell that the team is, you know, getting better at it with just like getting, starting the offense faster, getting the ball down the floor faster. Um, Obviously the Pistons defense is like horrendous, but even the Raptors who, you know, the Sixers didn't play them great. They went to overtime, but the Sixers got a lot of good open looks and they missed, they weren't shooting well. Melton, had a terrible shooting night and that's mm-hmm. going to happen. It's no big, no big deal, but I love the looks they were getting. And it's like the ball movement looks really good. The offense looks like what it should be around Harden and Embiid, which is like, you know, the two of them play a bit of a two man game, but everyone else is ready to shoot. Um, Tobias has been great. Um, he had foul trouble against the Pistons and doc for some reason decided that that he was just going to foul him out himself and Tobias didn't play much, but um He's looked awesome um, and like really what we wanted him to be here all along. Um, like, you know, we wanted him to be this guy who, you know, plays hard on defense, who, you know, I would still wish he was a better rebounder. I could say that about, you know, anyone besides like basically DeAnthony Melton on this team. Um, but I, I, I think that like everything he's doing, you know, only, you know, he's taking guys when he dribbles, he's getting all the way to the basket and getting closer looks most of the time he's catching the ball, you know, and shooting quick or swinging quick. Like the offense just looks so much better than it has. And um, like, even in some of the games where, you know, they maybe didn't play great, went to overtime when they shouldn't have, you know, um, blew a lead, whatever. It kind of felt like they were, to me at least, they felt more fun to watch. You know, the way they were playing offense felt more fun to watch. And the body language is starting to like, it's looking better. And I think, you know, I think Harden said, you know, because in that Raptors game and, and, you know, Doc pointed out after the game, you know, he was asked like, you know, you guys blew that lead, which they did. But Doc was like, you know, we were also down seven with a few minutes left and we came back. So yeah, we blew a lead and, you know, that's going to happen, but we hung in there. We didn't let it get away. Um, And you know, I know that people aren't going to be thrilled to hear that coming from Doc because Doc should be not blowing leads. And like, I don't disagree or anything, but like, it's nice to see this team keep their heads up. And I think Harden said after the game, like, you know, like we had, we had a, we had a winning attitude that game and that's why we won, which is like, I didn't, I've talked about a lot. I didn't feel like they had a winning attitude earlier this year. And like, you know, I think it was Doc was saying that like, you know, in the huddles and stuff, like the guys were just like, we're going to win, like we're going to win the game. And like, that's the kind of attitude this team needed. So uh, the rebounding is still horrendous and they need to figure that out as part of their defense. Um, especially because, you know, like Melton and Harden are both good rebounders from the guard spot. 
And like Embiid needs to be a better rebounder. It's the one thing that is really missing in his game. He's just an okay rebounder for a guy who's so amazing at everything else. Has such good feel at every other part of the game. Um, Harris, as good as he's played, really needs to rebound better too. But um, Tucker tries, but he's small. Um, but and that's, you know, a bit of nitpicking at, you know, what has been a really good, you know, run of six games here. And I'm definitely, you know, I'm not saying, you know, who knows what's going to happen this year, right? But like, at the very least, you know, there were games earlier this year where I watched them and I was like, if I didn't have to do the podcast, I would turn this off. Or if like, like maybe I, I've, of course, turned some of them off at times. But like, this, you know, and it, of course it helps when you're winning, but even games that were winning earlier, like it was, some of them were like painful and they've at least been fun, which is, which is great. That's what you want from your team. Like you want them to be enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, just overall, obviously it's easy to say when they're winning the games that they're an easier watch, but just like, like you were saying, the, the brand of basketball they're playing is much more palatable and they don't feel like such a chore because they were winning games at the very beginning of the year that felt like this is horrendous to watch and I hate it. Um, and they seem happier to be around one another. They talk about, you know, there was an article for NBC Sports, I think, where they talk about how they're happy to sort of call each other out in a productive way when need be and move on from it. And, um, you know, it seems like right now the vibes are like, we thought they would be coming into the year off the off season where it was like, well, there were no incidents. People seem healthy. It seems like the roster is good. Like, okay, great. And then they lost like a million games to start the year. And it was like, what the fuck is wrong with this team? What's going on? Joel has plantar fasciitis, you know, like Harden gets hurt, you know, Max is hurt, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, cannot say enough about Tobias. Like it's great. It's so cool that he is, just this guy now who shoots a ton of threes really quickly he's making a lot of them obviously he's going to make fewer of them as this levels off he's, he's shooting like 60 percent right in december right so that's not going to happen forever but it's it's about the mentality it's yeah about i don't the, care it's yeah. like the offense is so good when he just lets him go exactly. so and he's also just being incredibly decisive so even when he's not shooting he's line driving to the rim and like occasionally when he's going to punish a mismatch and back down his man that's fine because that's two points easy and like i've just been and he's playing defense super hard like i i just can't tell you how impressed i am with him like whenever mainly me and and definitely emily in the past have like talked ourselves into him i feel like we've really been squinting so hard or talking about his cookies or his charitable efforts or whatever the fuck is instagram you know like uh, trying to make ourselves into this like thing because he just wasn't going anywhere because he couldn't go anywhere you know what i mean it's just like what are we gonna do talk about his fucking contract for forever but now it's like he's really productive and like he's just what they need in that spot in the starting lineup and it's great to see and I said to Emily last week I'm sure you listened but I said to Emily last week like to this point in the season when I've been frustrated with this team it has not been about Tobias like it's been about Joel and Hart it's been because those guys have been loafing around or like playing like shit or looking like they'd rather be anywhere else like Tobias has been not an issue 
at all. Um, you know, he had that after the Toronto game when he hit big shots down the stretch, including one which they waved off for a bullshit, you know, PJ Tucker screen, which, I mean, he hit that shot and then Joel and PJ were gassing him up and screaming at him. It was great. It was the best. Okay. And he had the quote where he goes, tell a friend to tell a friend I'm a sharpshooter. I mean, when you hear him talk like this, it's great. I, I'm so happy that he's so into himself right now. Um, when he's getting cheered, right? Like, yeah. He's, yeah. Like, you know, and he got cheered in the playoffs also because he was playing this way in the playoffs last year. And I think, you know, he's, he looks like a better version of what he was playing at in the playoffs. You know, like it looks like he's worked on these skills, but, you know, I hope, I hope it kind of goes to show you know, that things were not personal from these fans um, and that people wanted more out of him. People wanted him yeah. to, you know, play a real role and not just kind of like do whatever he felt like doing out there. And, and really like he was hurting the team for a lot of regular season last year. We talked about it at the time. Like he was, he was a harmful player on the floor and he's become a huge positive piece of this team. Um, like fully on the on the floor you know you don't have to say anything about oh he's this off the floor he's a nice guy he's a good locker room guy you know he's a leader whatever like great I didn't care then and I I just wanted to see him because he's skilled he's always been skilled he is a skilled basketball player and he wasn't young you know, he was 27 years old. It was like, why is this guy not putting it together? Why can't he figure out a role for himself on this team? And he has. And he's, you know, he's no longer playing, you know, ISO ball as an average ISO scorer. That's no longer his, his game. He's, because he's a good shooter and he's making his shots and he's taking them fast or he's swinging the ball. And he's, he's, he's big, but not slow. Like he's, He's a, a really good size to guard forwards and he's been guarding forwards well. And he's, you know, like I said, he's really cut out a lot of the mid-range shots. And when he gets that mismatch that you mentioned, you know, he's backing him all the way down to the rim. And he's so good at that, like, fade away, straight back, looks completely off balance shot that he always Ten makes. foot shot, yeah. Even less. Like, he's so good at, you know, those those weird little shots that, you know, he's always been good at that he probably could have gotten more if he didn't settle um everything he's doing is 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 right at this point and you know i and i think you know we haven't talked about his contract once all year because there's no need like the contract was like it wasn't the, the talking about the contract was like he sucks and the contract but if he's going to play really well i don't really care that he's overpaid at this point because what's done is done like it, i don't need to like harp on it because He's actually playing so well. And it's been, he, he used to be like one of my least favorite players to watch. Like not just because he was a sixer, but like that brand of basketball is was so painful. And what he's doing now is so fun to watch. Like what he's turned himself into is like, it's such a helpful role. It's fun basketball. You know, it's, it's much more team oriented. I love it. I, I love everything he's done. And by the way, he is still overpaid. Like, there's no doubt about it. Sure. But right now, he's just being extremely helpful on the team right. and has, like, changed his game at an age, by the way, when players do not change their game like this. 
in such a way that I no longer am running to the trade machine to see how they could get off of him. And they're like, getting nothing helpful for him back. So, and by the way, even if like, even if they could get off his number at the trade deadline, like I, I'm not interested at this point to just sort of shuffle the deck chairs because he's playing so well and yeah. like has been such a helpful part of the team. Like, and when people would always talk about his locker room presence and all that kind of stuff i was like yeah but that player especially at that number needs to be a very good player like right. the team would collapse in the playoffs like making the minimum the team would collapse in the playoffs all the time so like i don't think that the locker room is like the team's strength anyway so like let's let's make sure that that the guy right. with that number is playing really well and right. now he is. The so locker room so that's like bad. cherry on top. Like that's extra and that's good. I'm glad he's a nice guy. And I'm glad that everybody likes him. Like that's great, you know? Yeah. And like, it's oh. not like, I'm not blaming Tobias for this, but like, I think the sixes are proof. I'm not, even if we believe everything to be said that he is a great locker room guy, whatever. I'm not trying to say he's not, but like the Sixers have been proof for the last few years of how little that matters with like locker room collapses. their second best player demanding a trade, holding out. And like, you know, th- that guy can go for the minimum. First of all, it can be coaches. It should be, the, you know, the stars, although Joel, that's, you know, that's the biggest not thing, super honestly. vocal. And like, you know, like I said, like, this seems to be why, and I think it's even dumb for this, but like, you know, Udonis Haslam's been on the heat for like 22 years or something insane. I don't think it's actually that long, but he's been on the minimum for what, like eight years and hasn't played at all. And, you know, he's played like a combined, like, you know, 10 minutes in those, in those years. And like, I think that's a waste of a roster spot. I think that's dumb. I think they could offer him an assistant coach position, and I don't think it matters, right? But, like, that's at least so so little invested. Like, it's not a defense of your best players if they're playing bad, but they're a good locker room guy. Like, what they need is, you know, yeah, that's great, you know, be a positive influence in the locker room, whatever. The locker room would get along a lot better if we were winning because we weren't being dragged down by a guy making a near-max contract. and. Tobias is finally really a really good piece of this team. Yeah, it's great. Well, good for Tobias, and uh, that's awesome. And, um, I, and I think we should just say real quick, like, we're not quick to – we've never been quick to, like – to like people have loved to do this in the past. Like, Tobias has two good games, and now we have to all pretend, like, he's amazing, you know, that he's been worth the contract all along, whatever, whatever. Like, we, that has never been us ever this Tobias Harris and even even in his really good regular season when they lost to the Hawks he was just making more shots his game was the same it felt like he was not taking a lot of threes he was yeah yeah he was just hot shooting that year and he collapsed in the playoffs because it wasn't a sustainable brand of basketball but you know so all that say you know we haven't been quick to compliment Tobias to defend him after a good game or two, which goes to show like, that's not what we're doing now. This has been Tobias proving he has changed his game, going back to the playoffs, showing that he has prioritized this throughout the off season, throughout all of this regular season. He looks like, you know, he has had a new mindset out there and he's playing differently. And that is, that's why we're talking about it. Not because he had, you know, not because he played well in the six game win streak, but because he has done this for long enough now that we're, we're we're really happy with where he's at and and we're comfortable to say this is Tobias now this isn't some hot stretch this is a guy with a new mindset who's playing great yeah 
I'm with you. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about a James Harden interview. We're going to talk about the Bulls, and we're going to play a game. Here's a break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're back. Now, did you see slash read the Harden exclusive that you wrote it? I read almost all of it. Okay, great. I was... I was... I was on the Broad Street line and I didn't finish it because I got to where I had to be. Yeah. So friend of the show, Jerome Weitzman, um, had an exclusive interview with James Harden and he doesn't really do these uh, at all. It's, he's like a hard guy to get one of these. And he interviewed him mainly about his career, but also playing in Philly and with Joel. And he interviewed uh, Daryl and I think Doc and Joel and he got, uh, you know, some of Harden's friends. Uh, he starts by talking to Harden about after game six against Miami and basically saying that Harden was like unreachable after game six against Miami because of how distraught he was uh, after the loss. And, uh, you know, his friends are saying they couldn't get in touch with him and he was so low after that loss. And um, what's your reaction when you hear that? For me, First of all, I'm happy to hear the caring and the, all of that kind of stuff after that. But like, I also watched game six against Miami and he couldn't have looked less interested in that game. So I have, a, I have sort of a hard time reconciling that reaction with the player I saw. And he goes into that, you know, Harden sort of chalks it up to either the team being centered around Joel and to his injury or, you know, he knows that there's no answer that he could give that would satisfy anyone. And I, I get that. It's a, you know, there, and which is true. He just has to prove it here now, but like, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I was, 
a little more surprised about the Joel thing. I mean, I was definitely, you know, I could see reconciling that with the injury. Like, you know, it, it wasn't just that the team lost really for him, but more of like he was down about like what he's what he was as a player at the time, like not able to get by guys, not able to finish, um, like looking hampered, even if he wasn't in pain, like, you know, looking limited. Um, I could see that. I mean, I, I, and this is me guessing, but you know, I am, and I'm not saying that you are either, but you know, I'm not here to make excuses for the best players on this team anymore. Um, I think we've done that for a long time. We've done it for Joel. And I, Joel's awesome. Joel's my favorite athlete maybe ever. Um, not here to, to say anything bad about him. But, um, you know, like, like, I've, like I've said, like the attitude from the stars has not been there. And they need to be carrying themselves in a way that is, you know, conductive to being engaged in the game, getting their teammates engaged in the game you know, leading by example, um, stepping up when things are down, not giving up when things are tough, um, not feeling sorry for themselves in the middle of games. And so there's no excuse for that to me, um, for, you know, how game six went. Um, and, you know, I don't think, I mean, I'm not saying Harden's making excuses because he was very clear in that interview that he was not, you know, he said that before, you know, the transcript of the interview, you know, Harden said that, you know, to do the interview, it had to be made clear that he's just answering questions and not making excuses. So um, I will take him at his word for that and just say, you know, who knows what's going. I mean, he could be saying that this these things were going through his head without saying that, you know, that was right of him, you know, that that makes it OK. So I don't think, you know, I don't think the stars sulking on this team is ever OK. And I'm not saying that they think it's OK either, but. I don't really feel the need to, you know, use one thing to make an excuse for the other, but I could see one thing causing another, even if it shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, when he gets asked that, because it's also like the teams ran through Joel, of course, and, and you know, the Harden, the, the quote he said in, in relating to this, he goes, I'm getting traded into a situation where you've got a guy in Joel Embiid who, in my opinion, should have been the MVP and everything was geared toward Joel. Everything was Joel, 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 which I get. That's how they were playing the entire year. So I was just trying to fit in. It was never like, here, you're James Harden. This is how we want you to run the show. That's kind of the role I was playing. He also, but he also did have some really big offensive games in that playoffs and in that series. So he had the one in particular. But against Toronto, he had, you know he had some big offensive nights. Like, yeah. so to me, I mean, listen, it, it like like he said, there's like no satisfying answer. That game sucked and they lost. But like to me, it's like when they ask him about Game Six, I almost wish he would just be like, "Listen, I wasn't good enough, and like we were bad, and we didn't get it done. So we have to get it done now." Like, I just wish he wouldn't say this or that or this or that. Like just kind of punted, you know. Um, he's asked about his legacy and says, you know, he changed the game of basketball, which I agree with. And he says, you know, he, um, the only thing he needs is a championship. What he will not admit to, which I guess I get if you're like a star athlete, is that he has lost a step. Like he won't say anything that admits like 
I'm having a harder time getting to the rim or I'm any of that kind of stuff. Like he just won't, you know, uh, sort of back down off any of that, which he, I mean, when you watch him, obviously you know that, but like it's, he's not gonna say that. Probably the pride thing, I get it. And also, oh. you know, I get, you know, I don't, I get that being your mindset is like, you know, I still, I'm still great. I still have to be great, whatever. Like, I don't know, you know, you need to have the mindset that you can be, you know, still as good as he was. And, and honestly, I think, you know, with how he's played and what his mindset's been on the floor, I, 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 I wonder if he really believes that, like, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't really believe that, but like, no, you know, he had, he's against... really smart. Like he's super smart. I don't, I think he knows. And yeah. I don't think he would be shooting these mid range, like, you know, and he talks. Well, about plus it. he had, but, but I mean, like he had 12 points in the first quarter against the Pistons and ended with 15. He got very passive. And that's something that they're going to have to work on throughout the year. On a lot of these drives, he kicks out and he has looks, you know, he has little floaters that he can make or should keep going to the basket. I like that he's not like trying to flop himself into fouls as much anymore because it wasn't working. Um, you know, last year it could be very frustrating. They had a lot of bad turnovers that way, but um, you know, the mid range addition has been great, but he needs to look to score a little bit more, you know, especially like if the look to Joel isn't right there and, you know, one thing that's actually, you know, as great as they played, I'll still complain a little bit. The, the, the guys driving and like having a decent, half to the rim or at least like a little floater from you know six feet and those shots not going up and getting kicked to the corner where Matisse Thibel is spotting up is so frustrating it's such a low percentage shot from him it's a good shot for anyone else but like know who's there and just take the shot from six feet anyway I want Harden shooting more on those drives that's all I'll say I agree um, in terms of the Harden and Bead uh, combination and their, you know, personal relationship, apparently they're very close. Um, uh, Maury says that they talk more than any superstar combo that he's had together. Um, and then your own, I saw that he was on Sixers Beat, Dar uh, Derek's podcast, mm -hmm. and Euron said that he essentially didn't believe him on that and he asked around and apparently that's legit that they actually really do like each other and, and get together and um, Rivers met with his two stars multiple times over the last off season. Um, they were always discussing details and things like that. Um, there's a story in here from there was a uh, Nuggets game. I, I remember this. I was tweeting for Liberty Ballers during this game. It was like the big MB Jokic showdown. And it, oh, I think I was at that game when we blew the lead. It blew a huge lead. They came all the way back. And it's like the Sixers have one last possession. And with like 10 seconds left, George Niang took a bad shot and um, missed it. And the Nuggets were able to, you know, uh, win the game. And Harden asked Niang to go out to dinner together. And this was like early in Harden's career, his, his uh, Sixers career. And Niang told Yaron that he essentially didn't know if Harden was about to like ream him out. And he was just very like warm with him and 
you know, sort of put his arm around him and tried to like coach him through it and stuff. So that was good. Um, and Harden yeah. in the past has been, you know, Yang's not a young guy, but like everywhere Harden's been, it's been like Harden's very well liked by the young guys. Like he seems to be like a natural teacher, you know, like like kind of trying to show guys things and um, which I think is a very good thing. And um, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I've always been hesitant to do this with like Sam Cassell, whoever, like, I don't want to give the teacher credit for what someone accomplishes, you know, by putting in the work themselves. And like, you know, people try to say, oh, Cassell did this for Maxi. Like, I'm sure he helps Maxi a lot, but you know, I want to credit Maxi primarily for the work he puts in. But you know, in that same way, like, I think you could probably say Harden's been good for Shake, maybe, right? Like, Shake is really starting to put some things together. He's a similar size to Harden. Um, he's a guard, and he's starting to look, like, more sure of himself out there and, and and you know, start, starting to look much more comfortable in the NBA than he ever has. Um, and, like, maybe Harden's, you know, helped him a little bit, helped him feel a little comfortable. Of course, with the credit primarily going to Shake for, you know, doing the work and and, you know, figuring it out, but yeah yeah well very good work by your own and uh you know interesting to see a window into Harden, who's not somebody who says a ton so that was cool um the bulls are going through some turmoil chicago um there was a shams report uh that uh the franchise and zach levine are not uh seeing eye to eye and they're trying to manage the on-court disconnect between him and DeMar DeRozan and then Casey Johnson um, of NBC Chicago uh, had a uh, report about the players having a strong exchange at halftime of the uh, recent Timberwolves loss uh, that multiple teammates directed frustration at Levine and the situation intensified. So are there players on Chicago that you would be interested in or, uh, you know, anything that that you want from them i don't know i haven't um you know i haven't looked enough into like their role players and where they fit with you know guys that, that we would want to trade obviously we have the you know the furcon contract that's worth something and we have a couple million dollars you know below the apron um but i i haven't seen i haven't seen a ton of and i, I you know i've been less on twitter as i've been busy with school and stuff but i haven't seen you know, a ton of, um, you know, names thrown out there um, from Sixers fans about, you know, guys they're interested in. Um, obviously, you know, Lonzo could be out for the year. Um, Drummond. His, his injury is, stuff is like yeah. not looking good. Drummond was a Sixer last year. Um, and I'm sure everyone would be excited to have him back. But I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how likely that is. He's making $6 million. So um, not, that's a lot. I'm not saying he's not worth it, but it starts pushing us towards the apron a little bit. Um, yeah, looking around a bit, I mean, I don't think, you know, they have, they'll probably be able to get like Io Desunmu, but um, he's... Caruso, know, I think lots of teams won. Caruso would be great. He's a good player. I'm not sure the Sixers can get him, and I'm also not sure they should. Not that I wouldn't want him in a vacuum but we have so many guards and we only have so many assets left like what do we have one second round pick and we have one tradable first round pick we have like almost no money below the apron i'd rather us get a you know a, a good rebounding forward or like you know 
maybe a backup center because Paul Reed has struggled and he's played himself mostly out of the rotation. Harold's so small. Um, so, you know, Drummond's such a good rebounder that I would be, you know, interested in, in that, but I don't see it being super likely. Yeah, I don't see a ton out of that. Drummond was great when we had him. I do have questions about can he actually play in the playoffs, you know, in that. I think he can Bro- give you eight minutes. With Brooklyn in that Boston series, he was terrible, but, you know, Boston just ran through Brooklyn, so I, it's hard to know, you know, if there's any merit in that. He was he was really, really good with the Sixers, so. Yeah. Um, and and he, he's a lob threat for Harden, so. Um, yeah, he's also, like, there, there, there seems to be like certain types of players that Doc really is good with using and certain types of players he's really not. And I think Drummond might be the kind of guy that he's, really, he's just gets, you know? He's also somehow, I think, 26. So <laughs> No, he's older than 26. Dude, I'm telling you. He's, he's still not 30, but... Um, Look him up. He is, he's, he's shockingly young. He's 29. Yeah, he turned 29 in August, but oh, he's, he was way young. I mean, that's still really young considering he, I mean, he was an all-star <laughs> 10 years twice. Ago. He yeah. was all NBA 13. And all of this was when he was like 24, but played like he was 35. So it's why he's he the feels NBA's so all-time league rebound leader. So it's, wild. I mean, he led the league in rebounding in like six years. Yeah, he's nuts. Um, so yeah, I think he would probably be the one that I would want out of them. Oh, and then news from today from Chris Haynes, uh, rival executives are of the belief that Hawks guard Trey Young could be the next star to request a trade if the team doesn't make inroads come playoff time. What do you think of that? It's interesting. Um, obviously it's probably not directly relevant to the Sixers but it'd be interesting to see where he ends up um I can't there's no top teams in the east right now that are like going to be able to go get him I don't think not in a trade I don't think anyone has the trade assets um I can't see the heat giving bam so I don't I don't know but um it's definitely it's amazing how quickly that has gone yeah well and it's you know it'll be a fun thing to keep an eye on but Really, that run they made to the conference finals when they, you know, beat us in that disgrace of a series. Um, it, it a lot of it was like they started that year and they were bad. Like they fired Lloyd Pierce that season. They brought in Nate McMillan. They got hot to end the year. Got themselves up to the five seed. Um, yeah, the Knicks were the four seed that year, and they played great and got lucky that they. <laughs> You know, got to go up against, you know, one of the biggest collapses in the history of the NBA playoffs. Um, and they, they, like, they weren't, and this is like, this is what I hope, and we'll talk about this next. I really hope this is what happens to the Celtics. I don't think it is. I think they're really good. But, like, they were really, really good for, like, very little. They were just so good. They were so good to end the year. They played so well in those playoffs. And then, you know, they just kind of lost it. It was like everything was clicking. They were hot, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, now the Celtics are more talented and just like appear to be really, really good. But 
and you know you share your thoughts on on you know Trey Young and stuff but I do just want to shout out the fact that the Celtics have lost five of six and I'm sure they'll figure it out but what I really hope is because the Celtics were 500 through 50 games last year they were just so good in the last 32 and the playoffs so which isn't that much time they were hot to start this year and now they're losing it a bit I I that's I want the Celtics to be the Hawks is what I'm trying to say I'm very confident they won't be but uh, it would just be awesome that'd be great and I do want to say real quick you know that the the joke used to always be that the Sixers and the Sixers and Celtics are just like one year apart from each other. Like one of them does something. The Celtics are a big disappointment. The Sixers are a big disappointment the next year or whatever. Like maybe, maybe the Sixers, the team that starts slow and figures it out this year. I don't know. You never know. Listen, I love that. And then we can, if it ends up being true, we can clip this and timestamp right. it. Yeah. Um, me scratching my ear right here. <laughs> um, you know, the Sixers, I think, are two games back in the loss column from the Celtics now. So, yeah, who's, who's a fucking contender now? Yeah, Brad. Well, we picked up five games on them in, in the teams, the two teams' last six games. Um, yeah, the Hawks thing is weird. You know, I didn't, I thought they gave up too much for DeJounte, DeJounte, but like, I, I conceptually, I get it. But it's like, it the rest of their better, team, even if it limited right, their, exactly, like, their it feels like a trade. Better. It feels like a trade you make when you're about to win a title, and it feels like this is a trade they make where if everything goes right, maybe they could make the conference finals, and that's it. And but even if that were true, you would think making the trade, the team would at least be good, and maybe they would be a playoff disappointment, whatever. But you know, they should have at least made the team better, even if it didn't make them good enough. No, and and apparently Trey is doing nothing off ball. He can't guard anyone except for Ben Simmons, and it's just. Yeah, it's rough. So anyway, best of luck. Best of luck to them. That was all right. That was good. We welcome Drew. We're gonna play a game which is inspired by what the TikTok of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh Drew Peltzman joins the show. A round of applause. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes. You're gonna have to edit in a round of applause for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I'm not uh thanks for for making it always just one one step <laughs> no you don't have to, to it's, late. it's, it's um, late you, you guys can imagine no but I have a I have a few questions here that I that I drafted up um Great. please my dog we should support. explain the premise of this game yeah so the TikTok the Cavs put out was pretty much asking the players um what teammate they would most likely bring <laughs> to x random situation so uh, I came up with a few like different situations and you guys have to answer which sixer you would want to bring with you uh, on these endeavors. So I'll go. What is this out of? Is this like best of three? Best we'll do five? three. Uh, we can do best of three, but. Sounds um, good. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to. So you're going to judge us here. Yeah. I'll judge it. However Perfect. I want to. All right. The first one, uh, which sixer would you want to bring Holiday shopping with you. Oh, I love that. That's a great one. Uh, however, you guys, it literally is just you two. You guys could order in what or answer in whatever order you want. And you go first. All right. Um, all right. Well, I would like, I'd like to bring James Harden. And I'll tell you why. First of all, he's got the Santa beard. So that is just really. That's very in spirit. And, you know, he also, 
like he he seems to he's not afraid to be a spender like he goes to these like expensive parties he gives you know his friends an absurd amount of cash for birthdays and things like that um and you know i feel like you know he's like a pretty generous guy and like if i brought him shopping with me he'd be like like if i saw something expensive i'd like he'd be like oh, i get it i'll get it for you you know what i mean and like you know some of the younger sixers like you know they might be like a lot of fun to go with like they're like good energy and stuff but I think, you know, Harden would, ha- he would be like, like, you know, if he's going with you, like as your friend, he's like going to help you shop and stuff. He'd be like, oh, all right. You like that? I'm getting it for you. Like, you know, throw it in. Like he would just be like, you know, you're at like, uh, like you're at a, you're at a, you know, any store and he's just, he's happy to, he's happy to help you out. Usually things that are out of your budget. He's like, no, 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 not today. Today you can get it. So that's why I'm bringing James Harden. Okay. I am going to go with Tobias. Tobias, as we know, very nice, very rich. And I think he knows too rich, got too much money. And I know that James is generous to his friends, his friends with uh, famous rap albums, Little Xanax, or those guys. Who? But what's his name? A little baby? One of them? Michael How do you Rubin? Confuse the word baby with the word Xanax. Listen, Dan, he's not giving you any money. Tobias would go with me to Michael's or to Walmart and throw me some cash because he's in the community all the time. You can't find James anywhere normal. Okay. He's at the club or he's throwing a cake off a boat. I think James would come to KOP with me. Listen, you would not find James at the KOP no, at the he candy will. store be, like He'll like be in the new middle section where everything's expensive, or he'll be at Neiman Marcus and Absolutely he's gonna never. he's gonna he's gonna help me out. He'll be Tobias, he's gonna he's gonna be Tobias like, you know, that would look good. Humble, that would look good Tobias owns a humble chain of cookie stores across the main line. He's a man of the people. It's Tobias. Nothing in the main line makes you a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Second question. This is almost only who won. I'll get hey, since there's only three, I'll choose who it's a best. Oh, right. I decide at the end. All right, that's how we're doing it today. Oh my gosh, the Jess bench Zach Wilson mid game. I just want to throw that out there. Yikes, they're For putting who? Chris Streveler in. Yikes, Merry Christmas to that guy. <laughs> All right, so not a great segue but uh which sixer would you most likely bring with you to rob a bank oh okay bring with me to rob a bank all right i'm gonna go sabin lee because they have to be anonymous. I can't go in there with somebody recognizable. I can't go in there and they go, oh, it's fucking Joel Embiid. Why is he why is he asking me to put my hands on the counter? No, it has to be somebody and Saban Lee, as we all know, very fast. You can get in and out. I remember watching his tape from Vanderbilt. That's right. Um and nobody would know who he is. Nobody knows who I am. And um, also, I need to go with somebody who needs the money. So Saban Lee just got no guarantees on his contract. So I think that he's the perfect 
partner for this. All right, I'm going to go with DeAnthony Melton. A couple of reasons. First of all, he gets a ton of steals. So I think, I think that that would make him good at stealing from this bank. All right, also, he's only 6'2", which ties him for the, the shortest so player of the Sixers. Right, but if I'm explaining myself here, I think, you know, you bring you bring in Paul Reed and everyone's like, okay, there's only like, you know, five guys in the entire city as big as Paul Reed and the rest are on the Sixers. It's like, no, you need a normal-sized guy. 6'2 is tall, but it's still normal size. Gets a lot of steals. To your point about, you know, the contract, D'Anthony's underpaid. You know, maybe he's upset about it. You know, he might not need the money. Like, he's doing fine, but, like, he's like, I really should be making more. And, you know, he's I, – I, I think, you know, he's not – he's not saving Lee for sure, but he is not super recognizable. Like, he's not like Joel Embiid going in. And, like, if we put – I think if we had, like, ski masks on and stuff, like, no one's going to know it's the Anthony Melton. And, you know, he doesn't have, like – he doesn't have, like, you know, like – hair that makes him particularly noticeable or size that makes him particularly noticeable um he's just like a pretty normal looking guy um and and like i said like gets great steals like really really knows how to like he's very quick with his hands like if we're like you know gotta like grab as much money as fast as possible he's like boom 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 all over there so that's why i'm going with the anthony all right i think that's a good answer um last one which sixer would you bring as a plus one to your wedding or to a wedding, not your wedding? Let me clarify. Uh, disclaimer, your girlfriend slash fiance are fine with missing this specific wedding. I would take any sixer over Andrea anyway. <laughs> and she would be totally fine with that. She would understand. Same. <laughs> okay, but you got to pick one. All right. Well, for me, it's easy. I'm going to go with Joel. Um, first of all, we know he's fun at weddings. He'll dance the Hora, which would be a great time. Um, he loves to dance in general, like not just at Jewish weddings, although it could be a Jewish wedding. We both have Jewish family, but you know, it could be, you know, any wedding and, and he's, you know, he's dancing with the Sixers cheerleaders. He's, you know, he's a great time. And I think, you know, there's no bigger flex than having your plus one B Joel and B like if like for anyone else, it'd be like, Oh, that's cool. You're friends with, you know, like Montrez Harrell. Like that's objectively really cool. But like Joel Embiid, like city legend, is like, oh, you got to bring that guy. And like I would just love to like spend a night with him, like, um, like out night out with him. Um, and you know, get to like mm-hmm. hang out, like see what you know he's like, you know, in, in a group of people. But you know, he's always like when he's out with like people he's always dancing and he's you know talking to people and he's like life of the party like and we and we know we know he likes these things so you know i think that's why he would be a great choice i'm gonna go tyrese maxi um he's young respectable pick he's pure sunshine everybody gravitates toward him thus everybody gravitates towards me um Joel really just wants to spend his nights in his sweatpants and hang out at home. So you'd really be dragging him out as an obligation. Whereas Tyrese is thrilled to be anywhere he ever is. And Tyrese and I would get liquored up 
at the open bar and have a fucking blast. And um, it would be great. We would get one of those steaks in a briefcase like uh, Harden gave him. And it would be great. So that's my answer. And I, I want to make one more point, which is that you oh, know, this, is not, this is, this is not a time. This isn't against your point at all. I just want to say that I would love to get on Joel's shoulders and look around the rest of the party and just kind of uh, see what it's like to be up that high. Yeah, then I guess I'll make an extra point that I would yeah, like to uh, piggyback with Tyrese. Yeah, of uh, course. You know, down How the Schuylkill River. Fuck sure. you, I'll make an extra point too. Yeah, Jeez. go ahead. All right, well. Right, wow, you took that to heart. <laughs> it was like a presidential debate. You both went over the two minutes. Um, he was not being very presidential. He said the F word, Jimmy. That's a, that's a big no-no. We're not supposed um, to swear on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Our results, our results. Listen, the first round was between uh, which sixer you would bring holiday shopping. Dan said James Harden. Steve said Tobias Harris. I'm going to go with James Harden. I think that's a good pick. A sixer you would bring to rob a bank. Dan said DeAnthony Melton. Steve said Saban Lee. I'm going to go with Saban Lee for the simple fact that uh the anthony you wanted to be one one no 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 no. <laughs> maybe but listen uh the anthony mountains nickname is mr do something so that's a clear evidence lead for investigators after uh catching uh dan rob the bank um and then the last one uh six you would bring is a plus one of the wedding you both said Joel and Tyrese. I think I'm going to go with Tyrese Maxey. Oh, he's got the young legs. He, he, I'm besides the broken foot, obviously, we'll wait until that heals. But, um, he's got the energy. I think he won't get tired at the end of the night. Like, he might be the last one there. Oh, and- he's keeping you out. That's a, that's a point against him. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> well we're not we're not all we're not all 21 drew yeah i'm only i'm only 23 but i'm already washed you only have like six months left of, of energy well that's what i'm saying tyrese maxi is 22 so yeah. he has that one year left before he hits the ripe old age as you dan of 23 um but i'm yeah. almost 24 which is an ugly number and i'm dreading it congratulations anyway. steve oh. um i think this might be your first win in a while um thank you so yeah congrats thank you it's Great not job, steve is a, a literal literally like a professional comedian it's not fair to have to go up against him but i lose every time i should get a handicap like in golf all right we don't know the standings but i do know that i picked three wins last week so i am probably in first place um this week sixers let's see if i can get this I have three games Friday night, they play the Clippers at home to finish out the homestand. Um, Sunday, Christmas Day, at the Garden, playing the Knicks. And then Tuesday in Washington, playing the Wizards. Home and against they never the Clippers, win in Home against the Clippers, and then on the road, Christmas Day, Knicks, and then on the road, Washington. What say you? Emily has already submitted her picks. Three wins. What do you got there? You know what? Give me three wins. Because when I, well, 
I almost want to pick them to lose just so they win, because when I pick them to lose, they win, and when I pick them to win, they lose. And that's kind of been true for all of us this year. We're all doing, like, horribly. We're all below 500, uh, I think. Although you guys, with your three wins this week, might have gotten back on track. But um, No, Emily picked a loss last week. I know that. No, did she? Yeah. I don't remember what I picked, but because um, I was uh, – I called you. You picked you a loss me. against Golden State. Uh, okay. That was before I think I knew Curry was out. But, um, Yeah. I uh let's do let's go three wins and you know I just hope I'm not jinxing them. That's all. I'm gonna go win against Clippers, win against Knicks, and then I think they rest Hardman and beat against the Wizards because then that could give them like four consecutive off days. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go loss against the Wizards. That's what I got. All right. Thanks for listening. We love you. Steve J. Littman. Uh, your Blues Pod, DA Pelts, 13, Third and Girl, the Gastro Blues Pod show on a Sixers podcast on YouTube. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. We'll talk to you next week. Be safe and be great. Go and do it up this weekend. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.